Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Kyle Larson trying to do something that he's never done before, and that is go to victory lane at the Darlington Raceway. The Southern 500 less than a lap away now for Young Money. Kyler Reddick trying to make one last run at him. He's within four. He's within three, but it's Kyle Larson to the back stretch. Kyle Larson pulling away with it down the back straightaway. It is Tyler Reddick giving it all he has. Let it hang out. William Byron. Larson is up there up front. Larson continuing to pull away, looking for the Southern 500. Off the curve, number four. Here comes Kyle Larson. Joey Acock puts the checkered flag in the air, and Kyle Larson wins the cookout Southern 500 at Darlington. It's a, a cup win here finally, and, and in the Southern 500 feels amazing. I, I've wanted to win this race for so long. Uh, I, I feel like I've been capable of winning here for a very long time now and just uh, make too many mistakes to get it done. So definitely made my fair share of them today, but uh, the car was tough. The team was tough. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley, the entire MRN crew here with you as we are getting set to head to America's heartland in the Kansas Speedway for this weekend's Hollywood Casino 400 race weekend. Of course, this will be race two of the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Race one last weekend at the Darlington Raceway. And we'll relive the cookout Southern 500 from Darlington in this week's show with a brand new MRN backtracks. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is one of the Playoff drivers. He ran into challenges over the weekend in Darlington. He'll sit down with our Dylan Welch. We're also going to take a look at the bubble picture ahead of the final race of the NASCAR Xfinity Series regular season. That comes up this Saturday. And in that context, Brandon Jones of Junior Motorsports will stop by. Plus, we'll give you a full preview of the Hollywood Casino 400 race weekend and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest in NASCAR headlines. Kyle, what do you have for us for this week? Mike, Joe Gibbs Racing announced on Sunday that veteran driver Denny Hamlin has signed a multi-year contract extension to continue driving the team's number 11 Toyota Camry TRD in the NASCAR Cup Series. Hamlin is JGR's longest tenured driver as he made his first start with the team at the Kansas Speedway in October of 2005. In his 600-plus Cup Series starts, all have been with the organization. With Hamlin signing a multi-year contract extension, 2311 Racing will remain under 
under the Toyota banner, he announced on his Actions Detrimental podcast. Hamlin said, quote, nothing really changes. We're going to continue on the path that we've been on. It was my goal to make that a championship organization within five years. We're going to continue on that trajectory. Our relationship with Joe Gibbs Racing is in a good spot. This solidifies all those deals as done, unquote. Matt Benedetto released a statement announcing that he will not return to the seat of the number 25 Silverado next season. Benedetto said, quote, after careful consideration, I've decided not to return to Rackley War for the 2024 race season. I'm looking forward to what the future holds. As of right now, I don't have any plans, but I am exploring all options in all series. And for the first time since late April at Dover Motor Speedway, Derek Krause will drive the number 10 Xfinity Series car for colleague racing in this Saturday's Kansas Lottery 300 at the Kansas Speedway. This will be Krause's fifth series start. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll relive all the twists and turns from another wild cookout Southern 500. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and warning systems for the automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheeland products are designed, sourced, and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheeland Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The Cookout Southern 500 is a crown jewel race for a reason. The race might be the most demanding on the schedule for both man and machine. Plus, it takes place at one of the sport's most historic tracks, Darlington Raceway. Now that it is the playoff opener for the Cup Series, the pressure is even higher. Let's revisit Kyle Larson's victory from Sunday with a new MRN Backtracks. The run for the NASCAR Cup Series Championship begins right now, a Labor Day tradition. The cookout, Southern 500, is under the green flag in front of a sold-out crowd, and Christopher Bell will lead the field to turn number one. The battle will be right behind him as they make their way to the banking. Denny Hamlin's got a good run off turn number four. He'll pull alongside Tyler Reddick, racing for the top spot with Ross Chastain just in front. Hamlin to the inside, Reddick to the outside, takes it all the way to the safer barrier. Big head of momentum off the top of two. Nearly scuffs the wall. He checks up and Hamlin's got the lead. Hamlin's got the lead. He'll slide up in front of Tyler Reddick to take over that top spot. New leader once again here at Darlington. Denny Hamlin put car 11 on top of the scoring pile on. Tom Cole collective right now here for Denny Hamlin working his way down the back straightaway for the final time here in segment number one. He'll look to the left there. Daniel Suarez nothing there. Tyler Reddick all the way to the wall as Kyle Larson continues to give chase, but up front, it's Hamlin leading them off four. We went green to green and white checkered flag without a caution. 115 laps consecutively as stage one comes to an end, and Denny Hamlin for the sixth time this year has scored a stage win. Hamlin across the line picking up the stage win over Tyler Reddick, Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick, 
and Ryan Blaney. That is your top five. Trouble Bubba coming Wallace. off turn four. We have got one driver that went a little high. You can see the tire tracks where he made contact with the wall. That is Bubba Wallace. Made contact right there in the middle part of turn four. Came to a stop at the entrance of pit road. And it was a loose left rear tire on the first pit stop under that green flag exchange for Martin Truex Jr. He had to come back down pit road and they tightened it up. But costly when you talk about mistakes for Martin Truex Jr. They found the balance of the race car. He was working his way through the field. This is going to set him back with a loose left rear tire. Big time. Again, two laps down right now in 32nd spot is Martin Truex Jr. No contest for the lead. It's all Denny Hamlin. The battle will be for second. Eric Jones around the outside of Kyle Larson. Hanging with him. They are two by two off turn two. Side by side for that second spot. It's going to allow Hamlin to get away. Jones may have scraped the wall a little bit coming off of turn number two. Here goes Kyle Larson down to the inside looking for that second spot. Here we come now racing back to the green and white checkered flag. Denny Hamlin is going to get here first and he will score the stage two win. Battle for second. Give it to Larson over Eric Jones and Tyler Reddick. Tyler comes across the line in fourth. The caution flag now flies. Green and white, checkered flag. Denny Hamlin scoring the stage two win identical to his stage one win. Reddick and Hamlin came off pit road side by side. They stayed side by side all the way down the back straightaway as they came up to speed. But Reddick, Jason Toy, has just left him in the dust. He's definitely done that. Now Denny Hamlin looking to lose another position. William Byron will go by him. Denny Hamlin off the pace. He's coming back to pit road. Denny Hamlin stands on the brakes, dives for the pit lane. Not sure what the problem is for Hamlin as he's going to bring the car back down under pit road conditions. This is going to be a dagger under green flag stop for Denny Hamlin. Corey LaJoy, the current race leader. Second place, Christopher Bell. They, too, have made their way to pit lane. Let's follow up with Denny Hamlin as he makes his way towards Steve Post. Did not hear what Denny said going down the backstretch, but the crew jumped up on the wall. Going to be four tires and Sunoco racing fuel. Right side work is complete. Now the left side work is complete. Again, not sure. Did not hear what Denny said. Down and away. We'll go down and see what the problem was. What brought Denny Hamlin down pit road for a second time? We saw Denny come in for that unscheduled stop. It was a loose wheel, a loose wheel on that previous pit stop, and that is a costly mistake for Denny Hamlin and his crew. And now busting out of line, here comes Kevin Harvick. He's going to go by Newman, and he is all over Tyler Reddick. Right there on the back bumper of the leader. Kevin Harvick is there. He looks to the outside. Reddick moves up to block. He'll lead him by a car length. Harvick with ease makes his way around Ryan Newman, setting the sights on the lead. Corey LaJoy right in front of Tyler Reddick. Here goes Harvick to the bottom side of the racetrack. Harvick trying to take the lead away. Meanwhile, Kyle Busch will come to pit lane. Others now peel off the racetrack. Side by side for the lead at the Darlington Raceway in the Southern 500. Tyler Reddick and Kevin Harvick. Harvick looking to the inside. Reddick goes way down the banking to try and block his advance. Harvick looks to the outside. Reddick blocks him there. It's like they're racing on the super speedway right now. Racing with their spotters, racing with the rear view mirror for Tyler Reddick, trying to take away the line from Kevin Harvick. Harvick off the pace. Looks like he's coming down the pit road. Trouble further back. Ryan Newman goes for a spin. And Ryan Newman finally taken down there at the bottom of turn four. Boy, and Kevin Harvick may have just made it. Although, Todd, you're shaking your head. No, here's the situation. Yes, we are under caution. When we go under caution, pit road closes. Kevin Harvick was right 
at the line. Todd, do you think he made it or did he not? He was close. They do. They're doing the pit stop right now. I, I don't know where. I can't see where the commitment line is. They may have been over the commitment line. As long as they can get back before the leader gets here, they're going to be in a great position. This is a huge break if it was, quote-unquote, a legal pit stop. If he passed the commitment line in turn four to come to pit lane before the caution flag came out, two penalties handed out on this pit stop exchange. Both were playoff drivers. One was Michael McDowell, who got caught speeding on the pit lane. The other... Kevin Harvick for pitting when the pits were closed. So Harvick will have to start at the tail end of the field and a great night for the moment at least. Todd Gordon has gone south. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough situation, but one you've got to be aware of. It's a split second call. You you almost have to have the spotter looking at it to see where it goes. It's a it's a tough one. You took the gamble there and, and you're gonna pay the penalty. Trouble right at the front straightaway. Todd Gilliland goes for a spin. Denny Hamlin is in the wall. Other cars begin to crash in turn one. Denny Hamlin got up and scraped the front uh, the front of the car on the wall. A couple of drivers have to check up to avoid him as he comes back down the banking. A multi-car incident. Todd Gilliland, Denny Hamlin also tied up in this. Michael McDowell. He's got some serious damage on that Ford. It is crab walking its way down on the apron. That is a badly damaged race car for a playoff contender, Michael McDowell. The Southern 500 less than a lap away now for Young Money. Tyler Reddick trying to make one last run at him. He's within four, he's within three, but it's Kyle Larson to the back stretch. Kyle Larson pulling away with it down the back straightaway. It is Tyler Reddick giving it all he has, letting it hang out. William Byron, Larson is up there up front. Larson continuing to pull away, looking for the Southern 500. Off the curve, number four, here comes. Kyle Larson, Joey Acock puts the checkered flag in the air, and Kyle Larson wins the cookout Southern 500 at Darlington. Hard to believe that was Kyle Larson's first cup victory at Darlington with how well he's ran over the last few years. Question is, how can he take that deeper into the playoffs? Coming up, our Dylan Welch will catch up with Cup Series playoff contender Ricky Stenhouse Jr. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. 2023 started as well as it possibly could have for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He captured the Harley J. Earl Trophy as the winner of the Daytona 500. The playoff pressure was off early for that JTG Darty Racing team, but now it's back on as they're looking to be the surprise team of this year's playoffs. They finished 16th over the weekend in Darlington. Currently, Ricky sits four points below the cut line with two races left in the opening round. Our Dylan Welch caught up with Ricky to discuss heading to Kansas this weekend and what would classify as a successful season for him. One lap to go in the Daytona 500. The white flag is in the air. This will make it official. Stenhouse now three wide. Here comes Kyle Larson right up the gut. Larson looking to go up the middle and win himself the Daytona 500, but he's got no help right now. 
challenges for the lead. Joey, look out. Oh, they're in the wall. A.J. Allmendinger is in the fence. The entire pack blows up. A number of cars crashing. Bubba Wallace is in it. Eric Alvarola as the leaders race to the back straightaway. Caution is on the speedway. The race is deemed official. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has won the Daytona 500. Do you feel like... This is the best season of your career with the Daytona win and then obviously now the playoff berth because of that. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, you know, obviously the Daytona Final 100 win elevated, you know, the season no matter what. But, you know, what we've been able to accomplish in the regular season has been, you know, above and beyond where we were last year. And, you know, top 10s, top 15s, um, really just cutting the d- the bad races out like our bad races are you know like a 20th now versus last year i mean they were 28th 29th on speed and so i feel like we've really elevated you know the whole the whole team and like everything that we need to do like our our better our good finishes are maybe a little bit better but our bad finishes are definitely not as bad which is you know good just cutting your losses did winning the first race of the year kind of help that trajectory or was it just more a a growth of the team in general I definitely don't think it hurt when in the 500 to, you know, come into the rest of the season a little bit more relaxed and a little bit just more focused on those things that we talked about that, you know, this offseason that we needed to improve. I think if you go into the rest of the season uh, trying to do those things, but with a ton of pressure on of trying to make the playoffs, I think it could be a little bit different for sure. How do you view yourself and your team in the playoffs? Do you look at yourself as an underdog and do you relish that role if, if that's how you look at it? Definitely think we're an underdog just just for the simple fact that, that we are, right? I mean, we're a single car team. Uh, you know, we ran well enough to do it on points, you know, and, you know, battled, you know, those guys. But, you know, um, we, we still aren't up there battling for wins week in and week out. So I think if, if you're not doing that, um, you're, you're definitely an underdog. And, um, you know, I think our guys are ready for that. Uh, they're ready for the challenge. We feel like, you know, we're capable of getting the job done, at least in the first round. But, you know, what we're really focused on is, you know, where we're at in points at the end of the season, no matter which round we get kicked out in or if we never get kicked out in, you know, we're, we're just only worried about that you know, final points position. So, I mean, you get knocked out in the first round. I mean, you know, you could still claw your way up to a 10th place in points finish, and, and that would be huge for us. Kansas last year, you were you're pretty strong before some trouble. Are you more excited and more encouraged to go back there now just with the progress that the team has made? Yeah, we struggled early in the spring race this year, and then we hit on some things towards the end of the race and, and felt really good about our race car. We've since learned more uh, of why we felt like we struggled early in that race, and so I'm super pumped to get back to Kansas. You know, last year, I felt like we were really fast at Kansas and, and had a car capable of running in the top five. Probably was too aggressive with air pressure, uh, which obviously probably made us that good. Um, so, you know, putting air back in the tire probably took some, you know, competitiveness and speed out of the car. But uh, that being said, when we get the car right, I know I can, you know, get it up to the front and, and do what I need to with it. It's a place you can move around at and, and kind of self-medicate. Does that rank it highly on your list of favorite tracks because of that? 
Yeah, I mean, I love I've loved Kansas ever since you know I started going to that racetrack, and um, you know I love kind of the lip that they have at the top of the racetrack. But like you said, the bottom. I mean, if you can get your car working, you can you can make passes. Restarts are unreal, exciting for the fans and even for us as drivers. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great racetrack, and, and definitely glad that it's in the playoffs. I would I would have picked it to be in the playoffs uh, if I could pick. To, to just kind of look further down the road, to, to get to ultimately wherever your goal is for, for the team for this year, what has to happen each race, each weekend for you guys to accomplish your goals and, and be, you know, be happy with the end of the year? I think for us, well, we, you know, we need to be close to perfect as we can get uh, week in and week out. Uh, get some stage points here and there. Um, you know, keep our finishes somewhere inside that top 12, um, you know, throughout the playoffs. And then I think we're close to that 10th in points. And I think that would be a huge success uh, for us and our race team. You know, granted, like, yeah, I mean, we're in the playoffs and if we can keep advancing and keep advancing, then who knows, right? But, you know, I think realistically our overall our goal is you know if we could be 10th in the playoffs or you know in the point stands at the end of these playoffs uh would be a huge accomplishment thank you dylan coming up we'll hear what more of the playoff drivers are expecting this sunday in america's heartland kyle larson brings his chevy four tires to no racing fuel from fueling nascar champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane the highest octane on the market performance is what sunoco does all sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in nascar here for ryan blaney four tires with sunoco fuel from the track to your tank you can trust sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak this is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Earlier this season, Kansas Speedway brought us a race of the year contender that featured an edge-of-your-seat battle between Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson over the course of the closing laps. What are Hamlin, Larson, and others expecting as we return to the Kansas Speedway for playoff action? Kyle Ricky has more. After one of the most grueling races of the season, the NASCAR Cup Series continues its 10-race playoff slate with a trip to the Midwest. The track the series will be visiting is the 1.5-mile Kansas Speedway. The intermediate track has been moving up the ranks of favorite tracks for drivers and fans alike and had arguably the best race of the season so far earlier this year. This past week's Darlington winner, Kyle Larson, was mentioning Kansas among his favorites before it was the popular thing to do so. One of the biggest reasons why Larson loves Kansas is the option it gives drivers. I like Kansas a lot because you can move around. You can run near the bottom. It obviously migrates to the top, and I'm comfortable up top. But um, even it's the, at the end of the run, you can kind of migrate and, and move around a little bit. So tracks just with options I really enjoy, and, and Kansas definitely has a lot of options. Larson looked like he was en route to another victory at Kansas in the aforementioned spring race until he was tracked down and passed by Denny Hamlin in the closing laps. 
Hamlin takes us back to what he was thinking during that battle. Uh, I remember, you know, kind of running him down there. I could actually see his car starting to get pretty free. And so at that point, it's like a shark seeing blood in the water. It's like you know that, oh boy, he's fighting it. He's fighting it. And, and these next-gen cars for, for a while, especially in the mile and a half, have been so stuck to the ground. When you see someone starting to struggle to, you know, keep a line or, or make lap time, you're, you're instantly hoping just you just get fed a little bit of fire to go get them go get them and then you know once you get around them you can kind of manipulate their car a little bit that win for hamlin was the third straight victory at the kansas speedway for the toyota camp meaning that they have swept races there in the next gen race car hamlin's teammate christopher bell says that success can be equated to the way their cars have taken to this style of racetrack well, for some reason, the Toyota next-gen car has really taken a liking to the, the high-speed intermediates. So, you know, you look at Michigan, we've done really well. Kansas, we've done good. Vegas, all of those high-speed places, we've we've ran exceptional at. So, um, for whatever reason, the, the Toyota Camry next-gen car has been good on those style tracks. Michael McDowell looks at the next-gen race car at Kansas Speedway from a broader picture. Even with the Toyota dominance at the track recently, he has been looking forward to going there for two reasons. One of which is just how the car races on intermediate racetracks. And two, the surface is aging like a fine wine. Kansas has just gotten better and better since the repave, right? I mean, it, it used to be like this a long time ago before the repave. I don't even know when the repave was, but it was a long time ago. It's just taking that long for it to age and to be where it's losing grip and you're moving around. And I think that this car, this next-gen car in particular, races really well on those mile-and-a-halves because you remember the old days, if you had somebody really tight on your outside, like we see in truck and Xfinity, it would pull you around, it'd suck you around, you'd get loose. And so it was hard to complete passes where this car, you can stuff it in there without even thinking about you know somebody getting you loose or wiggling. And so I think it's raised the aggression level of of the drivers because the car allows it and with the track losing grip and it being you know multi-grooved it's just opened up a lot of opportunity to be very racy it is hard to believe that the last true mile and a half race was the coca-cola 600 all the way back in may the winner that day was ryan blaney blaney is confident in going back to kansas but explains that if you're going to do well there you have to be comfortable running close to the wall with how top dominant the track has become it's not very old like repave wise but it's uh it's like dominant on the fence now you know just the way the track's banked and uh there's just still a lot of grip up there and you know, it's hard to make kind of the bottom work, you know, 20 laps into the run or so. And I think the best cars can kind of do that, make like the middle work. But uh, a lot of times you're kind of glued to the fence. So that's what makes it tough, you know, to kind of pass some guys, you know, if you're glued to the fence. But uh, it also is challenging because you're having to run the fence really well and trying to get your car to work off the fence. So I think it's aged, aged nicely. I'd be curious to see, you know, if you keep running the top like we do it eventually to wear out so then you kind of can move back down so uh it's aged really good and i think it puts on a good shoe thanks to a top five finish at darlington william byron has created more breathing room between himself and the playoff cut line byron now holds a 45 point advantage over 13th place bubba wallace like blaney byron recognizes that kansas has become top dominant but its aging has also made it a place where you can move around. I like Kansas. It's kind of become a place where you can, you know, move around. And, and I feel like it's 
it's not as on edge as it used to be. So I feel like there's some some drivability there in the cars now, and you can drive the car a little bit freer uh, than you used to. It used to be really really gripped up, and and uh, you know if you had loose moments, things like that, it, it was tough to to catch. But I feel like it's gotten gotten better in those aspects. So I like it. Uh, it's a little bit top dominant, I would say uh, lately. So you know it's kind of it's tough to pass. So can anyone break the Toyota streak in America's heartland? The playoff pressure will be heightening as drivers look to put themselves in position to advance with a cutoff race at Bristol looming. That pressure and the recent fireworks that Kansas has produced should mean we are in for a treat Sunday afternoon in the Hollywood Casino 400. That Kansas Speedway preview brought to you by Whelan Engineering. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We've never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, we'll visit with Brandon Jones of Junior Motorsports. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Brandon Jones has been a constant in the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoffs. He's made the field in each of the last five seasons. This year, things have not gone his way in his first season at Junior Motorsports. He enters this weekend in a must-win situation, but it comes at Kansas, a track where he's won at in the past. Jason Toy caught up with Brandon to discuss what it's going to take to pull off the Hail Mary. You're 79 points behind here to make it into the uh, the playoff grid. To get to this point, though, this season, you guys have had some really good runs, but you seem like you've had a lot of bad racing luck this year. To be frank, and, and you know I've talked about this before, the results haven't been there, but it doesn't doesn't kind of sh- really kind of portray what the performance has been like. Yeah, I, I would say some bad luck, some self-induced a little bit as well. But, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it is what it is at this point, and we are in the situation that we're in. You know, I think that, um, we certainly shouldn't be here. And I've always kind of felt, you know, this first round is, I don't want to say it's easy because we're sitting here uh, going to be right on the on the cut to get in. But typically it should be right. If you have a season that goes to plan, you know, you have a bunch of top tens get going. And really it's been the, it's probably been the 30th place DNF finishes and certain things that have taken us out is what's really hurt us. I mean, I'm, you know, I think that you look at the season as a whole, I mean, we're, we're 70 out, but still, man, I mean, we've had a lot of, honestly bad races so to be you know still kind of at the cut it just shows you that you know we, we should be we should be in there but it is what it is at this point so yeah i think that the mentality right now is to purely go in not thinking about anything anything else man i think that um kansas if i had to look at all the tracks on the schedule and they said you got to go win one of them to do it i would pick this one you know i think that this this track suits me really well it suits grm really well they've had really fast cars here in the past um so i I feel more confident than ever going into it um and i think that you know i think we give it all we got and the outcome is what it is at the end of the day you know i think like you said, to advance, it's to win. Um, if we don't win, then uh, it's all going to be about going forward, learning. You know, I, I did announce that I'm coming back next year, so it's going to be about, 
you know, just, okay, building this for, for next year and trying to get some momentum, you know, but I think you look at what's ahead of us right now, it's just to go win Kansas, and that's what we're going to focus on. You talked about Kansas a little bit. That's what's coming up this week. What is it about this track that you like that suits your style? You have a lot of laps here in Xfinity. I know you ran some truck there, too, and I'm not mistaken, I think, even think you ran some Arca there, too. So what is it about this track? Yeah, I've been here in lots of different vehicles throughout the years, um, but it's a it's a momentum racetrack and i i've said this a lot that i'm i'm really good at momentum racing you know i think that it's exciting for the fans it gets it moves around we start in the bottom you know typically it, it continues to move up middle top and we end up against the fence but there's still opportunity to pass i think that's what i really like about it it's not one of those tracks that goes to the top and then it becomes top lane dominant you know i think that once we get up there, that's where you want to be, but you can still make some good passes. You know, I've always found um, that, and, there, and there's some tracks, man, that, you know, it either is bottom only and you got a root and gout, so you get guys out of the way, or it goes to the top and you have to play aero games. This one's not This one's not like that, in my opinion. Um, you know, I feel like there's there's lots of, um, lots of good racing here, lots of moves to be made. Um, I, I've done it off of restarts i've done it in different fashions here but but yeah i mean i i've just i've got a great notebook for this racetrack i've got great lift points for this track um we set in the pole here in the past you know so i've got good notes from qualifying so uh we, we had a great uh, starting spot at darlington eighth i think that that is really important for this weekend as well it gives us a good pit selection um going forward for for this coming week so i mean all those little details matter um, but, but yeah, I've, I've just, I've always found myself just fast here. It's funny how sometimes, you know, on the schedule, you look at certain tracks and, you know, I think that in a broad spectrum as a, as a guy at, at this point in my career, I'm, I'm pretty decent at all tracks. I mean, I think there's some that still need work and I think there's some that could get even better, but for the most part, you know, you, you should show up and we're should be 10th every single week. You know I mean? Just in my head, that's where I, you know, the worst that I should be. Um, so, but, but this one just, this always stands out for, for whatever reason. And I, I, I kind of, I guess, equate it, like I said, to just momentum, you know, I think that that's what this place really is all about. Brandon Jones is here with us, driver of the number nine Menard Chevrolet in the NASCAR Xfinity Series for Junior Motorsports, getting ready for Kansas this week. And, you know, you look at the season in a whole for the whole series, cup interlopers aside, this is probably one of the more competitive years for the regulars in this series. You've got a lot of different winners. You've had a lot of different, uh, I won't say drama, but you've had a lot of great racing action throughout the year. What have you seen from your driver's seat going against your competitors, the ones you go with every week? I would agree with that for sure, man. And it's it's really um, it's really changed a lot. I think this level in this series has. I mean, I look back to when I, I first started out in Xfinity, and we would have shoot, we'd have twelve Cup guys in the field, you know, every every single weekend, and there was no stages, there was no none of that. And so now we progress to this point, we've got stages. So now you drive completely different you, you drive the tire completely off the race car you go as hard as you possibly can you know and then you come in you pit you get tires and you do it all over again for the entire race and and really honestly man now we've got we used to have probably i would say you know 12 really fast competitive tough to beat cars now i think it's gotten to 15 15 to 16 guys that like man they are like right on top of each other you know within a tenth or two tenths um and you really find yourself you know you ever 
get off on strategy or you find yourself losing a little bit of track position, man, it, uh, you get back, you know, around that 12th to 15th, it's almost harder to race those guys than it is when you get up front. You know, it's it's kind of funny that the further that you get up there, the easier it gets because those guys are, man, they're aggressive, they're tough, you know, kind of in that range. So I, I would say so. I mean, and, and people have gotten to where, you know, there's not really much time anymore in these races. So, man, they don't they don't waste any any seconds with you. You know, if you're if you're slow or in the way, they're, they're going to let you know quick. So it, it, is, it has changed a lot. But, but yeah, I mean, I would say that there's a lot of different cars now that typically weren't in the picture that now have become um, for sure, you know, so it's good for the sport. I think it's good for the series. I, I, I do enjoy that part, but but it does make it tougher um, if you have a day that uh, for whatever reason you've, you've fallen back on some restarts and had a couple of bad ones here and there, and, and then you find yourself, you know, fighting for that those positions. Brandon Jones, before we let you go here, I got to ask you this. You've driven and been blessed enough to drive for some great owners in the past, like Kyle Busch, and you've driven for, uh, obviously, Coach Joe Gibbs. Now you're driving for, for Dale Jr. And, and, and Kelly. What's it like driving for somebody that has, you know, the popularity of what he is, what he's accomplished, Hall of Fame, all that stuff, you know, as well, but for driving for somebody like Dale Jr. And you know how special he keeps this Xfinity series. This is really a special deal for him. What's it like having him as an owner? Yeah, I, I mean, you, you touched on it, man. I've been very fortunate to race for multiple multiple good teams i mean i i can't even i can't tell you i've ever had a bad one you know honestly i mean we've had just really really fun with with this journey and getting to this point but dale's been actually a, a really really fun uh guy to work with um you know i, I wasn't sure honestly how much dale was in, involved with the with the group you know i know he's got the NBC thing that he does and everything, but man, I mean, really, really passionate about trying to make his race team the best in the Xfinity series. I mean, I think that he kind of prides it on, it's the feeder to get to the next level. I mean, we've seen time and time again that we've gotten, you know, multiple championships out of this race team, out of this race group, and lots of guys gone to cup, lots of guys now successful in the cup series. I mean, so yeah, that's a, it's an honor, man. And it's been fun to talk to Dale and get just his experience behind the wheel, you know, and, and get advice from him at, at tracks that he was really good at. There, there was a lot of things Dale was really great at whenever he was racing, you know, and so I think he, he does a good job of sharing information and does a good job as a driver to driver relating those two things, you know, and so that's one thing that sometimes you don't get with these bigger teams and stuff, you know, you get guys that own the group but didn't drive or, or you know, or, or didn't do any of that stuff. So it's kind of fun and nice to have that change of pace to where, um, he has that connection of, of the driver's side and driver's perspective. You know, I think that we, we were a little more understanding in that in that sense. So been really fun. I, I've enjoyed getting to know Dale. Brandon Jones, wish you the best of luck. You know what's on the table this week. You got to get the win to, to move on to you survive in advance. We always talk about that when it comes to qualifying, but you really got to do that here this week. So best of luck with things at Kansas. Yeah, get interesting, man. I appreciate it. Coming up, we'll zero in on the playoff bubble for both the NASCAR Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series this weekend in Kansas. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This is NASCAR Live. Now back to Mike Bagley. 
We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. While the majority of the headlines this week will be generated by the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs continuing at Kansas, it will also be a pressure-packed weekend for both the Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series. In the Xfinity Series, both the final playoff spot and regular season championship will be on the line, while this will also be the first cutoff race for the round of 10 in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Kurt Becker dives deeper on both playoff pictures. The NASCAR playoffs are well underway for some and fast approaching for others, and the intensity is revving up. Let's start with the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Two races into the postseason, and two drivers have punched their tickets into the round of eight. Looking to win this one in dominant fashion, winning stage one, winning stage two, and looking to win the race here. Up the back straightaway for the final time. That lap traffic should not be a factor. It's Brandon Finger all by himself at the front of the field here at Milwaukee. Grant Enfinger off corner number four is looking for the checkered flag. Make room in the round of eight. Grant Enfinger is on his way as he wins at Milwaukee. Enfinger's win puts him in control of his postseason destiny as the rest of the playoff contingent battle for the remaining spots. We mentioned two drivers already had punched their tickets by scoring victories, one being Enfinger, and the other is Ty Majeski, who dominated the opening race of the playoffs. Ty Majeski, one more time around the racetrack. Trying to put a period on what has been a dominating performance all evening long. Took the lead on lap 40. Never looked back. Ty Majeski, no pressure out front or behind. He's on his way into three and four for the final time. Ty Majeski, after going winless in the regular season, makes a statement tonight. He will win the opening race of the playoffs. He takes the T-Sport 200 for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Majeski will have to overcome a setback. The Thorsport driver was docked five playoff points and will have a new crew chief atop the pit box until Homestead. Joe Shear was suspended for four races due to an illegal wheel assembly, and while this is a blow to the team, Majeski is approaching a stretch of races where he has had success last season, namely at Bristol and Miami. Last year we were able to go to Bristol and win. Being realistic, you know, we obviously we're going there with a good chance to win, and I get that, but there's only going to be one winner, right? So you're going to have, uh, assuming that winner is a playoff guy, you're going to have seven others uh, going into Talladega and Homestead, you know, nervous. Because anytime you go to, to Talladega and not locked into Phoenix, you're going to be nervous. So we just need to hopefully try and win the race, but if we can't, we need to collect as many stage points as we can, and hopefully we put ourselves in position to point our way in come Homestead. But if for some reason we feel like we're in a must-win situation, I feel good about our chances too. Ahead of this weekend's cutoff race, Nick Sanchez is the last driver above the cut line. Two drivers that are chasing him for the last remaining spot are Ben Rhodes and Matt DiBenedetto. Rhodes is just three points behind the cutoff, while DiBenedetto is 20 points down. On the NASCAR Xfinity Series side of things, only one race remains in the regular season, and that means just one chance remaining to be one of the 12 drivers in the playoff field. It all comes down to the Kansas Lottery 300 this Saturday at Kansas Speedway, and two drivers are at the center of the conversation as they battle for the last remaining spot, Riley Herbst and Parker Kligerman. Darlington treated one of them well last weekend, while the other is now paying the price for a late race incident. Trouble further back to the corner, it's Parker Kligerman. He dirt tracks it all the way through, turns three and four before he finally loops it off of 
turn four. After further review, we know why Parker Kligerman went for a long smoking slide up in turns three and four. That's because Sam Mayer drove into turn three and nailed the back bumper of Kligerman and sent him for that spin. So Parker Kligerman, uh, I believe, has Sam Mayer now on the list. Before the start of last Saturday's event, Kligerman was 20 points above Herbst. But after a 24th place finish, Kligerman finds himself now one point below the cut line. Even though the situation is not ideal for the 33-year-old, he's not letting the situation deter him. Just focus forward. I know you hear that a lot. It's cliche, but, you know, I owe it to Scott Borchetta, everyone at Spike Light Coors and, and this race team to just focus forward as if it never happened. Approach next weekend like we would have anyway, which is that we're going there to win both stages and win the race. And if we execute like we had the last 12 weeks, and even today, you know, we executed through adversity. And we're going to net a, a really a solid day to, to stop the bleeding, right? And recover from that. And we got it taken away from us. So we're keeping it interesting. We're going to make a show of it, right? It's going to be fun to watch. May the best man in team win. As for Herbst, now sitting one point to the good, he has little room to breathe, but is happy his team is back to performing at a high level. I mean, it's not really about the points. Yeah, we're happy about it, but it's more mentally as a team that we can bounce back after a really, really, really tough two weeks and and show top 10, top 5 speed. So I feel like that's the most important thing for us. Another battle that has heated up is the race for the regular season championship. Here they come back to the line. They're crashing at the back of this group. Checkered flag is in the air to the line by a fender. Justin Allgaier is a bridesmaid no more at Daytona. For the first time in his career, Justin Allgaier wins at the World Center of Racing. Allgaier, the winner of the Wawa 250, powered by Coca-Cola. Justin Allgaier's win at Daytona put him within striking distance of the top two competitors, but he will need help as he sits 33 points back of the crown. John Hunter Nemechek has a shot as well, but he is 23 points behind series leader Austin Hill. With everything that's at stake, this weekend's action at Kansas Speedway should provide plenty of excitement in addition to providing some much-anticipated answers in helping bring the playoffs into focus. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, we'll flash back 21 years to one of the first races at Kansas Speedway. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, and before we head to Kansas in 2023, let's take a trip back to Kansas 21 years ago to relive some of the second-ever Cup Series action at the track in the 2002 Protection 1-400. Ryan Newman up through the gearbox, set sail. Kevin Harvick stays right with him. In fact, Kevin literally is pushing him down to the corner to see if he's going to put a bid on and try and take the lead away. Kevin Harvick trying to play a little bumper tag with Ryan Newman. Newman gets the hint. He's off and running. Harvick picks up the banking event, has to deal with the slower car of Mike Wallace on the inside. Trying to get around the lap car of Mike Wallace. No success so far for Kevin Harvick. Now some drafting help behind him in the form of Bill Elliott. Still no luck getting around Wallace. In the meantime, Ryan Newman's pulled out by top five car lanes. Harvick wanted to make a move like he did on that last restart when he got around Johnny Benson, threaded his way around the lapped traffic, and made the quick move before they got to turn one. This time, Mike Wallace raced alongside, so Harvick was not able to pull down, and that is allowing Ryan Newman to drive off. Kevin Harvick right now more worried about who's behind him than who's in front of him. Mike Wallace hanging tough, trying to stay at the tail at the head of the field so he might get back on the tail end of the lead lap. He's inside of Bill Elliott. Now Elliott clears him. Up front, Kevin Harvick in second place. Now trying to close in on Ryan Newman. Hey, who's been having a, a good car all afternoon and needs to win this year? 
very shortly is Jeff Burton. He is winless this year. Told me yesterday, he said, we've got a good car here this weekend. If we can keep the setup underneath it all day long, I may have a shot at getting that win. He's boxed up in some traffic right now, not able to gain any ground as he goes to turn two. Matter of fact, Marty, he just lost fourth place to Jimmy Johnson. He made a move underneath him coming off turn four. Burton arrived in fifth, followed by Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart trying to close in on the back bumper of Jeff Burton, unable to do so. Just ahead of Burton is Jimmy Johnson. He's caught behind that test that Mike Wallace, now Burton trying to push Johnson off four. He's watching Mark Martin fall through the field. He restarted in the 12th position, and he's lost about six or seven spots here in this last lap. He's losing another position now as they come to the start-finish line. Here's Terry Labonte going by. The wounded car of Michael Waltrip streams by Mark Martin. The man who came into this race today as a championship point leader continues to free fall through the field. It is not that championship time today for Mark Martin. He's going to lose some more spots here. And here's Kyle Petty looking down to the inside off turn number two. Moves to the inside of Mark Martin. Kenny Wallace behind him, and the wounded car of Elliot Sadler is there. Kyle Petty now down to the inside of Mark Martin. So far, Mark will hold him off. See if we can get anything from Pitt Road about Mark Martin's problem. Barney, the problem is they can't get the chassis right. One minute they're tight, the next minute they're loose, and that's resulting in a slow race car. Ben Leslie just shaking his head a few laps ago, almost as if to throw his hands up in the air and says, I don't know what to do, but they're fighting chassis issues down here in the Viagra Ford crew. This is not a racetrack that you need an ill-handling race car, and right now that's what Mark Martin has. We have completed 110 laps, about to put 111 on the board. That'll give us 156 remaining. Here between turns three one. and four. Steve Park goes around, backs into the concrete, hard into the outside wall. Everybody taking evasive action to the bottom of the racetrack, now going high as well as Park slides down to the middle of the racing groove at the exit to turn four. Seventh caution of the afternoon on the field at lap 111, back to turn three. That is our classic race this week at MRN.com. Direct your internet browser there. Check out our classic races every single weekend. Folks, that's all the time we have for you for this week. I'd like to thank Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for stopping by. Also, our thanks to Brandon Jones for checking in. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us. We'll catch you with NASCAR Live wide open. Another download on Thursday, plus NASCAR Live race day, 2 p.m. Eastern from Kansas on Sunday. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downey, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.